time for baseball with the bard good morning ladies and gentlemen your host of baseball with the bard here noah cross joined today not by tyler so our guest today has much better hair best hair in the business as many would say mr joe mcguire how you doing sir uh no excited to be on here today said we don't have our our good buddy tyler Absolutely. Uh, especially because we do have to talk some Red Sox baseball, but uh, I'm very pleased to be uh, joining you here today. Yeah, we do have to talk some Red Sox baseball. So Tyler, as you know, is my best friend. So uh, I don't know if this means I have a new best friend. I don't know if Tyler would like that, but it feels you know, like it, at least for today, just for today. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Let's that's do fine. It. He's, he's not watching right now, so he won't be too. <laughs> but uh, just to remind everyone who's always watching, we're streaming on Facebook, YouTube at Bard and Cross Entertainment, Twitch at TBard5195. And there he is, Tyler, popping in with the um, excuse me type of emoji there it's from Tyler. Sorry, Tyler, we're not, we're not actually best friends. We're just saying that for the show, you know? Uh, and then you can obviously find us on any one of your favorite podcast platforms. And I say we dive right into this uh, with a hot topic here, Joe, and you probably heard about this. Um, actually, you're on the show where you uh, divided we stand, where you talk politics, all these things going on there. So if you want to hear more about the political side of this, please check that out. But on the baseball side of it, the Major League Baseball's Player Association's chief is open to talks about moving the All-Star game to out of Georgia following the new voting laws that were just implemented there by their governor, Brian Kemp. So the 2021 All-Star Game is scheduled to be played at the home of the Atlanta Braves. But as we've seen in the past, MLB has not been one to keep quiet on voicing their opinions on what they feel is right. We see this, uh, we saw this at the beginning of the season with the Players Alliance and showing support to the BLM movement in the early 2020 season. We have said it before and we'll say it again, MLB will stop at nothing to show support to their players. So Joe, uh, what's your hot take on this? I mean, we've seen it before with MLB not putting up with any crap, right? They say our players want this. This is how they feel. We're going to support them in that. So what do you think? To not get political on this, what the state of Georgia did uh, in essence is to make it more difficult for people, particularly African-Americans to vote. Mm -hmm. As we know, that's what cost them the last election, uh, both the presidency and then the special senatorial runoff races. And so this is sour grapes. Mm -hmm. uh, again, disenfranchisement of African-American voters. And this is what Major League Baseball has to stand by their players. The NBA has done an excellent job of it. The NFL has done a horrible job mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Baseball's fallen somewhere in the middle. Last summer, though, you saw them finally, finally, I think, yes. do the right thing by, by their players. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, look, it, it's a hot topic. There's still a portion of this country, Noah, unfortunately, that thinks Donald Trump won the election and that there was a whole big scam and that Georgia was one of those states. And to everyone's, you should be excited to know this. There is an investigation currently into whether President Trump attempted to shake down Georgia's secretary of state to find enough votes to back his claim that he won the state. So there's a lot to unpack there. I think staying out of Georgia is a really good idea for anybody at this point if you're if you're looking to not be protested um you're, you're definitely going to want to consider that this is a stupid move by the state of georgia uh its governor and its republican legislature were pretty much torn apart by the president because they wouldn't do what he said mm -hmm. 
And then after they wouldn't do what he said, they went to try to change the laws to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And what I mean by it doesn't happen again is that they don't lose another election yeah, by any means necessary. And that's unfortunate. And it's something that, you know, look, I think any reasonable American should be like, no, I've seen a lot of Republicans come out and condemn what the Georgia legislature has done. We've seen mm-hmm. this in other states, too, Noah, where they get a, a Democratic governor coming in and they'll change uh, or lessen the powers of, of that Democratic governor. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, again, anybody who loves the Constitution, loves America, I don't care what party you're in or who's which party is doing it, you you can't like that. Absolutely. This is the right move for baseball, and I, I hope everybody else follows suit. It's a shame because Atlanta's a great city. Mm-hmm. There's a lot oh, going absolutely. on there, but um, it's 2021. For sure. It's not, I agree. It's not, it's not 1821. Get it together, Georgia. <laughs> no, thankfully, it's not 1821. You're correct on that. And uh, I think the biggest thing that a lot of people should understand with moving the location of the All-Star game, it's not like this just happens. It's not like last year they said, oh, next year we'll do it in Atlanta, and now they're deciding to change it. I mean, this is something that's planned out for decades. There's a rotation. So much happens. So in my mind, I think they would just jump to whatever next year's location would have been and just kind of push forward and continue that way. Because to move everything, all those moving parts for the All-Star game, especially in this year of how different the season is going to look, of all the things they're going to have to do to keep the players safe. I mean, this is an endeavor for baseball. So it's kudos to them for actually even, uh, what's it called, acknowledging this as an idea to say we might even consider doing this. That's a big deal. Well, sure, it's doing something like this. I remember when they were talking about pushing the college football season back, pushing the NCAA tournament back, you know, and it's like, well, we'll just wait two months those places are, you know, mm-hmm. as you said, this stuff's all planned. Things are booked months in advance. So to try to do something on super short notice, when again, you know, this has been locked in for many, 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 many years that this was going to be their all-star game. Mm-hmm. And so again, just the fact that they would engage in the logistical nightmare that it is to uproot something. Again, people have already booked hotels in yep. it years in advance in anticipation of this game. So Kudos to baseball. You're right. I mean, this is this is going to cost them some money a, 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 at the end of the day to move this thing. But you want to stay on the right side of history. So kudos sure. to my favorite sport, baseball. Absolutely. Right move by MLB. I don't know if Tyler was here. He'd probably say, Manfred, good job along those lines. He, <laughs> he, would, throw a, he would throw a butt in there. Uh, but we'll regress from that. We'll move on. Uh, let's go on to a re- recent retirement. Actually, yesterday, uh, over the last week, former MLB All-Star retires. And there on your screen for our watchers, Gio Gonzalez announced Thursday that he will hang up his cleats after 15 years in the majors. He played for the Athletics, Nationals, Brewers, and White Sox. He retires with a record of 131 and 101 with a career ERA of 370. He was traded to the Brewers at the 2018 trade deadline, and he put up solid numbers during his two seasons in Milwaukee, but experienced some regression with the White Sox the last season, ultimately leading to his move to the bullpen. Um, He actually posted on Instagram his announcement there, just talking about how his father and his family were so into baseball. His mother introduced him to the game, along with his younger brother. He thanked all those fans. He thanked all the teams that he played for. You should definitely go check out that post. It's very uh, very emotional, and it's one of those things that you sometimes think about. And a lot of players themselves might even think about um, how they got their start, where they came from, and what led to that point in their career. I mean, 15 years in the majors, two-time All-Star Gio Gonzalez looking back. 
at this picture of him and his little brother playing baseball, you know, in Little League here and, you know, with the bats larger than they are. Uh, so it's a really a cool thought to think about, you know, where you start and where you finish. And, I mean, if you ask me, Gio Gonzalez had one hell of a career. So, I mean, I wish him the best in his retirement. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you knew, but he was actually a non-roster player for the Brewers uh, in the spring. So they just let him come on to – he wanted to, I guess, see what he could do. And after a couple of weeks, he decided he was going to retire. So what, what's your thought process with Gio Gonzalez, his career, and what he's done? Well, sad. You know, I like this guy a lot. Uh, when the Yankees actually signed him last offseason uh, to a minor league contract, unfortunately, he did not make the team. I, you know, sort of like this year when the Yankees signed Jules Chassin, um, he's going to be a depth piece sitting around at AAA, and and if the the need is there, he would be there. I would take, you know, again last year my thought was, oh, hey, Gio Gonzalez, man, if that's the I guy right we got to plug you. in, that'd be great. You know, it's 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 rough when a guy uh, ultimately comes up to the end of his career, mm. and I think he knew it was there last year. I think the thought of maybe. Going to the National League seemed like if I'm going to prolong this, that's probably the place I'd want to go. And you get out there and, and and get hit around a little bit. And you know, I think you know when your time is done. For sure. Uh, but this guy, I mean, for 15 years, he's been, to me, like uh, what you want out of a number three starter, mm. right? I mean, wins, wins more games than he loses every year. ERA, you know, between three and four. A good clubhouse guy. Um, I, 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 uh, I'm glad he's going out on his terms. Absolutely. You know, um, and and the the post was beautiful. I read that this morning. A little tear in my eye. I'm still. Uh, I bought my first ever UFC pay per view last night. Mm-hmm. Love Stepe Miocic. Got knocked out cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie. About an hour afterwards. I had a little tear in my eye, got a little weepy for, for my man, Stipe. So, you know, I feel for these guys, you know, they, mm-hmm. they become a, uh, such a, an important part of your life. Um, and while I'm not the biggest Gio Gonzalez fan, again, he's just a guy I always yeah. thought, you know, in all my fantasy, anytime you can get a Gio Gonzalez for a couple bucks, you know, you're, you're like 15 wins. This guy's going to be solid. You know, um, t- the, the game is changing mm-hmm. and everybody's going younger. And, you know, I think if you're 37, 38 and you're, you know, suddenly a, a ERA around four is awful. Yeah, Whereas if true. you did it when you were 34, people would have been a little more forgiving about it. Once mm-hmm. you start to get up there in, in age, I feel like the leash gets shorter because, again, a guy like Gio, you know, that's a guy you're signing to a million dollar contract mm-hmm. to, to bring in the camp. That's the kind of clout he has. And you could bring in somebody for much less to compete for a roster spot. Why wouldn't you do that? Absolutely. So you've seen it the last few years. Guys like Neil Walker struggling to to find a bench spot somewhere. I mean, a, a professional baseball hitter can't find a job. And you look at some of the teams in the depth, and you're like, "Well, how is this guy not working somewhere? Doesn't make any sense." But you know, dollars make a big difference in baseball, and it's really, I think, the last two or three years now, the way the finances are in baseball. Um, there's less willingness to spend big money again. Right. We, we were seeing it. No, we're like three guys get big contracts in the off season. That's it. That's it. Maybe two. You're not, you're not, you know, and then again, you see a lot of the free agent veterans, the, those guys that are 32, 33, not superstars, you know, 
just solid players struggling to find jobs or having mm. to, to take $3 million contracts to, to prove it. I mean, imagine asking a guy like Neil Walker to prove it. Hey, prove you can hit 290 again with 10 homers. Okay, sure. Uh, but that's the state of baseball. So it's sad. You're starting to see the 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 changing of the guard. And I think you'll see more guys in the Gio Gonzalez category yeah. start to go away, which is sad. No, that's that's the truth. And uh, two two points. What you said first was the money side of it, right? It's getting a guy like Gio. Um, even when the Yankees signed Kluber, sure he didn't have a great last two seasons. But when I heard even a little bit of a rumbling that the Yankees were thinking about Kluber, I said in my head, "There's no way they gave him less than ten, right. because that's just disrespectful. Right? Like, it just, it's not going to happen. I don't care if he didn't. He he pitched a singular game in 2020. They gave him 10, 11 million dollars. Why? Because he's who he is. He's right. Corey Kluber. Cy Young, I don't care what he's done in the last two years. That's just the way it works. However, if you look at a lot of these teams that are in these types of spots where, I mean, you have legendary players like Aaron Judge, for example, Walker Bueller, Josh Hader, those three guys that I just mentioned are still in arbitration. It is unreal what teams look like today simply because of what arbitration is, how long players are in it. I mean, Aaron Judge might peak in arbitration. I mean, sure, he's going to get a monster contract when he's done. And I think he has arbitration for the next three years, four years, something along those lines. He's going to get a monster contract. But to me, it's just insane when you look at um, what it is for players, what these players are making. And they're literally the faces of their franchise. Like Aaron Judge is the New York Yankees right now. If you get off the, you get off the train at Yankee Stadium, you see one face. It's Aaron Judge. You know whose face was there before that? Derek Jeter. All right. And that's a fact. That's a fact. And Aaron Judge is in arbitration, and he's not making these multi-million dollar Machado, Bryce Harper bucks yet, yet. But it's just insane what contracts are in baseball today and how, honestly, sometimes teams are a little stingy. Look at Frando Tatis Jr., kids 22 years old, gets Mm -hmm. a 13-year contract for millions of dollars. Yep. Yep. Our boy, Mr. Judge, going on 28. Still on, you know, still basically still under rookie contract Absolutely. here. He's in his arbitration years. And, you know, I know there's a, I get it and I don't get it. I mean, you, you, this guy's going to have to get paid. Oh, I, I absolutely. Absolutely. And, and if the Yankees don't do it, somebody else will. I, mm-hmm. Somebody would, would take a flyer on that guy. And much like with Corey Kluber, there's going to be a floor where you're going to have to start at and it's going to be pretty high. So for the name alone, for the name alone, that's insane contract territory. Yeah. And that was the, that was the first point. The second point was you talked about you getting a little emotional tear in your eye when you read Gio's post. And I, and I was there with you. Obviously, I was emotional when uh, with Gio. And it, like you said, these players are a part of us at this point. Right. Like they don't know who we are. But I'll tell you this. I, my grandmother and I went to CC's retirement ceremony pre-COVID, obviously. And um I remember standing in the stands. I had my Sabathia jersey on. I have colon today, but I have my Sabathia jersey on. And my grandmother has never been a big fan of CC. I don't know why. I, I don't ask. Never been a big fan. She. Uh, I won't say the things that she says, but it's never been a big fan of CC. And I'm a huge fan. You know, I'm standing there and I'm sobbing. Like I am in this crowd. CC's going around the little golf cart, waving at all the fans, and I am standing, applauding, and I'm just literally in tears because CC Sabathia is retiring. And I, mean, I remember being a little kid watching baseball with my grandfather, you know, in the living room, and CC's going out there dealing, and I'm, you know, cheering him on. I didn't know what the hell was going on, right? But now I'm a grown man, right? I'm in the stands, remembering all those moments where CC brought joy to my life. 
he's retiring. Like, that's it. He's done. And I'm crying. And my grandmother, of all people, is looking at me like, come on. Like, it's really it's it's baseball. It's baseball. Game five of the 2001 World Series is an off to the ninth inning in particular. Off played video, especially on, on social media. They played at Yankee Stadium a lot. It's uh, uh, referring, of course, to Paul O'Neill, his last inning as a Yankee at Yankee Stadium, and the fans the whole inning. Paul O'Neill, I'm gonna get choked up just talking I'm, about it. I like that. Just you p- painting that picture for me. I got yeah. chills. I got chills. My, I, so do I, yep. dude. My wife laughs at me. My wife is like, <laughs> "You cry when Khabib retired, but." <laughs> You don't cry about like, and I'm like, well, because these are different, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I was at Paul O'Neill Day, Posada, Pettit, Mariano, and Jeter. I mean, as these guys got their day, I was there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not ashamed to admit, dude, every single time I get super nostalgic for this stuff. You know, these guys, these guys, um, it got got good in, in my 20s. And I grew up a Yankee fan in the 80s, and it was misery. Mm. As great as Don Mattingly was, and Dave mm. Winfield, and Ricky Henderson, Willie Randolph, Ron Guidry, Dave Rigetti, they just never won, mm-hmm. and it was so frustrating. And then I, I got to be, uh, I got to, you know, I, I'm college age man, right? Ninety six, ninety six is is when you know they start winning all these championships, and you just love those guys. You know, the, the 96, 98, 99, 2000 Yankees, the 98 team in particular, one of the greats of all time, without a superstar player on the team. Mm. It, it was, when you talk greatest teams of all time, to me, the 98 Yankees, just because mm. literally one through nine, one through five in the, in the rotation. And the, I mean, yeah, that's any one of those guys, the tears would just start flowing. I mean, though, though that meant a lot to me at that point in my life. It, it was so many years of watching every Yankee game on WPIX with my mom and the Yankees sucking for many. I remember 1987 in August of 87, they lost to the Rangers 20 to three mm. Rick Cerrone, my favorite, my favorite all-time Yankee. He was a lousy catcher for them when I was growing up, but I loved him. Uh, ended up pitching the ninth inning. That's how bad things were. Uh, so, yeah, th- th- this is super emotional. Um, again, any time a guy hangs them up, you know, or, or, you know, even I get annoyed too. you know, look, Giancarlo Stanton missed a lot of time last year, as did Judge, you know, and, and all the haters. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, you know how much th- this means to these guys? Absolutely. Not everybody's Absolutely. Jacoby Ellsbury or Carl Pavano, where they're just going <laughs> to sit on their asses and collect dough. You know, and not help their team. You look at a guy, I remember Andy Pettit when he admitted he took HGH. And they were like, why would you do that? And he was like, just wanted to get back on the field and help my teammates. And you're like, yeah, take that HGH, man. Do mm-hmm. it. Do it for the right reasons. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I feel you. And I have, and as you know, we have a wrestling show, which is right after this, right? Cross Wrestling Entertainment. And I've had similar reactions when wrestlers retire i remember being no lie i was like 11 or 12 years old when rick flair retired you know who rick flair is of course and my he uh sean michaels who's my favorite wrestler of all time had to retire him like if rick flair lost to sean at wrestlemania rick flair had to retire and i remember sean was crying when he did his finishing move on on rick flair because he was like sweet chin music yes exactly and he pinned him and I was just sitting there as an 11 or 12 year old on my couch with my mom and my dad and my sister. And I started to cry 
And my mom was like, my mom could not understand what yeah. was going on. Like she was just literally looking at me like, where did I go wrong? And the next night on Monday Night Raw, same thing. Ric Flair came out and like Undertaker, Triple H, all these guys came out to pay their respects. Be like, thank you for your career. You were great. And I'm still sobbing like a day later. And my mom's like, listen, if you don't stop, I'm not going to watch wrestling anymore. Like this is, <laughs> this is too much. But that's just how emotion, that's what that's what happens. It's just different. You have emotions like that. And I think it's because you rely so much on what those people do for you. Like watching CC all those years, like I said, bring me joy in my life. Like I'm pumping my fist and cheering because CC's out there freaking dealing, right? Uh, it's just what happens. It's sports. It translates. It's a different. It's like an out of body experience almost. Just a different emotion that you have. You know, for me too, I have. Um, like you know, I love Gary Sanchez still, and I'm, I mm. feel like he's going to turn it around. I'm. I I try not to be critical of these guys because again, like you said, you're following these guys day in and day out. And you're cheering for them when they're down. I feel down for them when they're up. I'm excited for them. Like that's, that's the way my fandom is always gone. You know, sure. I want judge to play 162 games. Same with Stanton, but I understand they're hurt and they can't be there. And I know they don't like that. And I know they got to play more games and be more productive. I get all that, but at the same time, I'm not ready to, Nah, this guy sucks. He never plays. Oh, it's going to be another. Come on. Like, what is wrong with you? You know, I I love the game. I did just love it. And and when you get a good team, a good group of, of guys together, like we've seen the Yankees over the last few years from the toe show a few years ago, you know, you see a, you see a different kind of Yankees, a more fun kind of Yankees than they ever were before. They were much mm. more business-like under George Steinbrenner in the 90s and then into the 2000s. This is a, this is a more fun group with Aaron Boone. I was just going to say, they're having fun. They are. Yeah, and I really enjoy it. I really do. Oh, I agree 100%. The let the kids play mantra is alive in New York, and I love every second of it. I'm all about it. So, Gio Gonzalez, congratulations on one hell of a career. You know, it's hard to hang up the boots and anything. And as Joe and I said, we we know we're we're on the fan side of it, but we feel for you in that respect. So, all the best, and we'll obviously hope to see you around at uh, maybe some old timers day or something like that or two. You know, so we'll see you around. MLB is a close community, so I imagine not going anywhere. So, we're gonna go into a little bit of a hot topic here, Joe. Uh, hot topic, if you're Tyler. And I'm only throwing this on here because I want to see how you feel about it because I know your knowledge of baseball. I know your fandom of baseball. Trevor Bauer is a Dodger. Tyler Bard hates every second of it. Hates it with a living passion. I, Noah, think it's amazing. I think it's hilarious. I was always a huge Trevor Bauer fan. Um, I can't say I'm more of a fan because he is a Dodger, but it didn't it didn't change anything. But Tyler is on the fence. He doesn't know what to do uh, about the fact that Bauer is on the best team in the game. And they just got even better. So, what what do you feel, Joe? What, I mean, what are you thinking? Well, look, I I would say this: uh, if anybody's watched the way that uh, Clayton Kershaw's pitched so far this year, uh, it hasn't it hasn't looked good. Mm. And the reason they went out and got Trevor Bauer isn't because they thought their pitching rotation was the best. It's because they definitely thought. It was still a little flawed. As good as it is, as as deep as it is, it still wasn't quite perfect. Mm. Uh, there's not a lot of guys, baseball players, that I follow on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer is one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this guy. I like that he has a, a mind of his own, that he has opinions. He could be a little bit of a conspiracy theorist at times, but um, I don't have a problem with that either. Um 
Look, the Dodgers went and, and, and addressed what they thought was their biggest issue. And for anybody who thought, like, this is the rich getting richer, I don't see it that way. I see this as this team knew it had a real need. Mm-hmm. I think the money they gave him is absurd. I yeah. don't – he's a very good pitcher. I don't think he's an ace. I don't think he's in the same category as uh, Garrett Cole and some Definitely. of these other – these other like a one guys, I think he's a, a grade below. He's coming off a great season. He's been very vocal about the guys, the way they've been doctoring balls and the spin rate and all that other stuff, even though he does it too, which I find kind of interesting, mm-hmm. you know, um, he, he seemed to really embrace it full on last year, had the best year of his career. So ride that out and get your money, go do it in LA it's a shame it's not going to be with the Yankees, but nah, I was going to say I kind of like Kluber better than Bauer, but if I'm being honest, no, I do like Bauer better. Just I thought he would have been very entertaining in New York. I agree. I And that, that I think, is why the Yankees weren't so dead set on getting him. The Yankees don't like that kind of guy. They, right. And that's the truth. They're yeah, you know, like facts. You said that they used to be all business in the Steinbrenner era, and they've gone away from that. However, that, that side of it still exists in some respect. I remember Garrett Cole's press conference after he signed the huge contract with the Yankees. Huge deals. Who's news, right? And at the press conference, all of the Yankee executives who were on the board there up at the front in the press conference, they were interviewed afterwards by Michael Kay. And the one thing they kept on saying, it wasn't that we're so excited we have Cole, which they were, right? It wasn't that, oh, this is a good deal. It's going to be great for New York. Yeah, which it was, sure. They kept saying how much of a class act Garrett Cole was. Like, that was the biggest thing that they kept griping on was this was an A-plus press conference. He did so good. Like, it was a, you know, a first grader at their first recital. You know, like, they were just so proud of Garrett Cole being, you know, a grown-up, I guess, in a sense. And, I mean, if you've seen Trevor Bauer in action, as you said, you like follow him on Twitter for a reason. And I follow him on Twitter for the same reason, and Instagram, because he's entertaining. Yeah, he's that guy. He's he's going to be vocal about everything. I don't care what the topic is. And I became a Trevor Bauer fan when he was trashing the Astros. That was the biggest draw. And that's why Tyler likes him, too. We actually own Bauer outage merchandise. Oh, no kidding. Of, of like trash throws with Trevor Bauer on it, and like a trash can. But, you know, <sighs> all that good stuff. That's why I'm a fan of Trevor Bauer. Um, As much as I would love to see him in New York, because he's a good player, he would have been entertaining. Absolutely. I don't think he would have been the best fit for a Yankee organization. Well, look at the way people reacted earlier this spring when when Zach Britton expressed an opinion about yeah. Domingo Herman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did he really say? He was like, you can't pick your teammates, unfortunately. I don't agree what he did. There's no place for it on or off the field. People were like, how dare Zach Britton speak out like that? And it's like, well, he's their union rep, mm-hmm. number one. So, yes, that's the guy that would speak out. And then people were like, well, what do these guys care what he does in his personal life? Well, he did miss the last two postseasons because of it. And they certainly could have used his arm either as a starter or even as a reliever. But his pathetic, selfish actions hurt his teammates. So, yeah, his teammates have every right to be pissed about a what he did. Mm. B, the fact that he chose to do that and that it hurt the entire team. Mm hmm. So there was a lot of reasons, but again, you saw Yankee fans pretty quick jump down Zach Britton's neck, and it's like, you guys didn't even know who Domingo Herman was before 2019. So what are you even talking about? Exactly, exactly. No, I agree, and that and that's don't just rock the, the boat is the uh, is the point. Yes, don't rock absolutely. the boat. 
that that's just the the way it, it is you know unfortunately with fan bases sometimes people just think they're you know they're the brightest person in the room when it comes to talking about their team right they yeah. can tell they can tell Aaron Boone how to how to manage you know which we do that sometimes too but that's our job um that, that those are just you've got helpful subjects uh sure, helpful sure. suggestions yes but don't just bash the players I I was screaming for weeks that I thought DJ LeMahieu should have been the leadoff guy. Mm-hmm. And for weeks, it wasn't happening. And it was Gardner, it was Gardner, it was Gardner. And I'm like, look at the numbers, dude. And then they finally did DJ. And I was like, you know what? I was banging the drum. I'm not saying Aaron <laughs> Booth. But again, dude, I, I think if I think what enough people hear an idea, it oh, does yeah. eventually travel to the source. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying I made DJ hit leadoff, but I didn't hurt the cause. No, that's definitely true. You did. You did make DJ hit leadoff. Um, I don't know if you had anything to do with the. If you had anything to do with the deal that DJ decided to strike with the Yankees, I thank you for that as well, because that is also just. By the I way, know. I called. I called that exact contract months and months and months before it happened. I really? knew that's where they really? were going to land. Yeah, there was a ton of posturing mm. between these two that's teams. True. That's true. Um, and it's funny again, dude. When you looked at the way. The public sort of initially was like, pay that man, give him whatever he wants. And then as soon as they heard DJ like, look, you know, I'm 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 gonna start talking to other teams if you guys don't get serious. People were like, let him walk. We don't need that guy. And you're like, what is Which wrong is with you, dude? <laughs> Two weeks ago, you wanted like to open up the, the Brinks truck, back it up, and let him take what he wants. Now you want him to go play for the for the Blue Jays? What are you people are insane. It was, and all I kept saying to people is, guys, look, he's going to end up in New York. Absolutely. This is public posturing. They put it on him. He's got to want to come back, right? We're going to make him an offer, but he's got to want to come back. And he was like, yeah, any day now. I want to come back. And they know that. They know what the, what, what the deal is. They, he put it back on the Yankees. And then the Yankees kicked it back over to him. It was it was a weird, ugly negotiation. It made me think of um, – I don't know if you remember a couple of years back when Dellen Batances was in his first year of um, arbitration mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he went in, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think he wanted 8 million or he wanted mm-hmm. 10 and they offered him eight. And you would think nine would have just been the end of the day, right? You call it. They went to an arbitration thing and in the meeting when he's there, they trashed him to his face. And he ended up getting the 8 million and walked, I mean, over $2 million. Like that relationship was forever strained Mm. and it made zero sense for them to do that. Mm -hmm. I I call that the classic, (laughs) 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 you know, Jared, you have a point. You really have to respect what Joe has done with the Yankees uh, in New York. I just um, want to be clear. What I'm saying is I was beating the drum, beating the drum. And again, I'm not saying necessarily they were like, oh, hey, Joe Aguirre said. But again, I think when when I think when rumors get out there or thoughts get out there, all it takes is one reporter from the from the post to see it be like, hey, Booney, why don't you pat this guy first? Look at the numbers. It's it comes from somewhere. Again, I'm not saying it was me, but well, I'm not I mean, saying it. I'm not saying it wasn't me. That's that's also valid. And uh, yeah. I, I'll say simply that we don't know what you do in your personal time. You could be a special advisor to Aaron Boone, or or even Cash. All right, 
We don't know. And, and, and if I were, I would probably have to sign an NDA and I wouldn't be <laughs> able to talk about it. This is true. This is true. So we wouldn't know regardless. So, uh, Joe, at the end of this, though, you are a, are a fan of Bauer being on the Dodgers. It's kind Big of what time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. I mean, look, if he wasn't going to be on the Yankees, put him on the Dodgers. He'll be just as entertaining there. And either way, I think we'll see him in the World Series. Okay, I like it. I like it. So we have Joe's World Series pick very, very early there. Yeah, you it. got that. <laughs> Speaking of playoff ball, the Fox, uh, MLB on Fox's Facebook page, they do a poll every year. And basically, it's the MLB fan base voting for who they think is going to win each division, right? We're simply going to say, do we agree? I think the first one we can get out of the way very quickly. Uh, the AL East goes to the Yankees. Yes, yes or no? Yes. Five, right. By the way, they're they're uh, five uh, plus five fifty favorites to to uh, wow. represent the American League in the World Series. Wow! And the Dodgers are only plus three fifty in the NL. So yeah, wow. Vegas is pretty certain the Yankees are going to be there, okay. even more so I mean, than the Dodgers. I like it. We'll get more in depth into the Yankees there. Uh, who do you think the Yankees' biggest threat might be in the East? It's a tough question. <sighs> I was going to, uh, you know, everybody wants to say Tampa. I'm not so no. sure. I think Toronto might be the better team, but I have some concerns with their pitching. Okay, I agree. I mean, you have Ryu. He didn't have an incredible season last year. I've always been you, a Ryu fan. You've got a bunch of number three starters in Toronto. You know what? That makes sense. And my concern is they're all pretty good pitchers, but when you're matching those threes up to the ones and the twos, that's not going to, that's not generally going to work out for you. Yeah, and honestly, as far as I'm concerned, we don't know what Kluber can still do, right? We know what he's done in the past. We don't know what he can still do. He might be a number one still. We might, the, Yan the Yankees might actually have landed two number one pitchers right now. I mean, this is a former Cy Young, uh, Cy Young Award winner. He's not two just time. some guy that they just – exactly. He's not just some guy that they just signed, okay? Yeah. Uh, and they're not sure what to – I mean, they're not sure what to expect, but – we know he's good. Um, yeah, I think I, let me just, Can I just speak on that for a quick second? Sure. Here's what I expect from him. Domination. I, oh, there's, I agree there's, with you. Because there's no reason why, short of him re-injuring himself, why he wouldn't just get back to doing what he's always done. And I Absolutely. laugh because, again, if Corey Kluber had signed with any other team, nobody would be questioning nope. what he's going to do this year. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. We are, we do have Kluber slated in the Yankee segment. So I oh, want good. you to, please, yes, please hold, because I love the energy. Hold it. Gotcha. For the, for I jumped spot. the gun. No, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> uh, so Yankees are winning the AL East. That's not even a question. Um, NL East, Atlanta Braves. What do you, I, I agree. I think the Braves are going to win. I think their new uh, acquisition of Charlie Morton is going to be big for that team. You still have Freddie Freeman. You still have a lot of star power there. Uh, Brian Snicker, their manager, is still old school, and I think Martin's gonna, uh, Charlie Morton's going to mesh well with that. So what do you think there, Joe? Uh, yeah, and they've got a center fielder of the future in Christian Pechey. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one of my really good friends is a Braves fan. I, I actually end up watching quite a few Braves games. I watched their playoff run last year. Uh, this is a really good team. They, You know, it's funny. They they uh, sort of got ahead of themselves and made the postseason in 2019. It didn't go as well. Uh, they got blown out in, in their decisive uh, uh, fifth game. It was a rough way to end the season, but – you know, the timeline had been sped up and Braves fans were optimistic last year. Looked really good again. Did that with, with all sorts of pitching issues. So, yeah, I, I, I still think despite what the Mets and the Nationals are, have been up to and the Phillies, I still think the Braves are the class of the division. I went 100%. Braves are the class of the division. And I do see a comment here from uh, Steve, I think, saying that the Braves and Mets are going to get the wild card. I don't know about that. 
Um, I think three I think, teams coming out of the same division. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. That's a lot. Uh, the Met. I think I, I do see the Mets in the wild card. That that I, I would put them there. Uh, I think the Braves are going to win the division though by by a decent amount as well at that. Um, next up, the AL Central goes to the White Sox. If you ask the MLB fan base, uh, what do you think? Of your uh, what's your opinion on this one, Joe? Um, that seems pretty likely. Um, I think you are what got, got kind of feeling the Indians a little bit more. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still not a hundred percent sold on these white socks. And so I think if you put a gun to my head and asked me, I probably would be with you. I would probably say the Indians are still the better team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the White Sox have been building for a while now, and they have they have a lot of really good players. I mean, Tim Anderson, Lucas Giolito, they have a lot of star power, a lot of good potential. I just think the Indians are going to be where they were last year. I think Bieber's also going to be where he was, uh, and I think he's going to just rip through every team he faces. Um, sure, they're down a Lindor, but I don't think it's going to matter. To be, to be completely frank, it's not going to matter. So the AL uh, Central, if you ask Joe and Noah, is going to go to the Indians, not the White Sox. Sorry, MLB fan base. Uh, NL Central, the MLB fan base predicted the Cardinals with their newest acquisition, Nolan Arenado. I mean, that would be a big deal. I mean, because I mean, they, they made it very far in the last two years with their manager uh, coming close to manager of the year both times. So, Joe, what do you think of the – I'm sorry, what was the team? The Cardinals taking the NL Central. I will always go with the Cardinals in the central when any season starts. I think that's always a safe bet because the Cardinals to me really are the Yankees of the national league. um, In terms of this is to me, a team that's always competitive. You rarely ever see this team down and out. Uh, They struggled with COVID issues last year and still uh, were in the thick of things like they always are. They always seem to find a way to, bring in new guys who end up being big contributors. So yeah, I'll, I'll say the Cardinals. I, okay. I can go along with that. All right. Fair enough. And I agree hundred percent. The Cardinals are going to take that their division easily. And I think Nolan Arnold is just going to bolster them even more to be going where they're uh, going to be heading. Jack Flaherty is going to keep it up in the rotation. They're not going to have much of an issue there. Uh, next up, we have the AL West. This, this was a little surprising to me. This is a the, joke, right? The, this is, the MLB fan base has unanimously voted that the Angels are going to win the AL West. You heard that correct, ladies and gentlemen. The Angels, Mike Trout, will see a postseason game. I I, I disagree, one hundred and ten thousand percent. If you uh, not even a question about it, I'm sorry. The Angels are not going to win their division. Will the Angels make their wild card? No, they're not going to do that either. Uh, the Astros are going to win the division simply because the Angels don't have a starting rotation. I'm sorry, Dylan Dylan Bundy is your number one starter. That that's your that's your guy going out there for your first game. You're telling me that team's going to win their division over Zach Greinke, Jake Andrazi, Lance McCullers, who just got a crazy contract, Justin Verlander. I, I just I'm sorry, I just don't see it. Sure, you have Trout. Sure, you have Otani, and you have um, your new third baseman there, and the likes of Rendon. I don't see it. Well, Las Vegas sees Oakland and Houston finishing well ahead of the Angels in that division. They've got the Angels winning maybe 83 games this year. So, listen, here's the problem with sports society in 2021 is that people have been spoon-fed the ESPN hype machine for so long that they really have a hard time sometimes getting out of their own way. The mm-hmm. Angels are not going to win the division just for the exact reason you said. Dylan Bundy is their ace. 
I mean, do, do, do these people watch baseball? I love Mike Trout. He's awesome, man. Yes. Oh, well, him and Rendon were there last year. How'd that go? And Otani. And Otani. And Albert Pujols. A, and like, Pujols. The greatest players of all time. But there's no talent around Mike Trout, they keep telling me. No talent? Really? Albert mm. Pujols? That's not talent? Cole Calhoun was there for a while. That's not talent? Give me a break. Yeah. I mean, the saying is usually it takes more than one player to win a World Series. But in the Angels' case, it takes more than four to win a World Series because we just named four of uh, tremendous players who have been nothing but in the news because of how good they are. But I said it year after year after year. They don't have any pitching, period. Period. Yes, Astros win it. No one else gets in. I agree. Ast uh, and I, I hate to say it. However, I will say this. Uh, Joe, uh, you're a Yankees fan. I, I need your honest opinion on this. Yeah. Is it a problem that I am a huge Carlos Correa fan? Yes. I don't like okay. that. <laughs> okay. I don't like Fair that. I, I understand it. Uh -huh. a great player, but I don't like it. You know who like he reminds me of? You know who he reminds me of, though? And another player that I loved as a kid who was an infamous Yankee. Exactly. And no one could understand it. A-Rod. Yeah. I love A-Rod. And Correa gives me that vibe because he's good and he knows he's good. I know, Tyler. Yeah. You're a Red Sox fan. That's a massive problem. And I've said this before. If you look at last season when the Astros were in the playoffs, I kept referring to Correa as a beast because he is. Like, if you look at what happened in the transition of the Astros cheating scandal and then the next season, and a lot of them sucked. Like, Altuve fell off a cliff. Like, you didn't know what happened to a lot of people. Bregman didn't do that well. Correa kept it straight. Like, Correa said, all right, like, sure, we cheated, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to mash still. And he did. Yeah. Trash cans or no trash cans. He's still hitting. So that's why I like him. That is an issue. We'll move on from that. Uh, let's get to the NL West, which is the obvious pick of the Dodgers. You agree with that, correct? I do. Okay. I do. I, you although, although, I I would say this: like, don't sleep on the Padres. I knew you were going to say Padres, and a lot of people are saying Padres as their you know the next great thing in the uh, NL West. I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I know Tyler's going to pick the Padres to win the World Series. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, spoiler alert. When we have our episode at the end of the first week of the season next week, Tyler will pick the Padres to win the World Series. I don't think they're going to be good enough to win the World Series. I still think there's still too many pitching issues. Um, uh, Danielson Lamette, their their young mm -hmm. stud is not going to, which thanks because he's on my fantasy team, uh, will not be starting the season. Uh, he's he's still got some more uh, work to do before he's ready to go. I just don't know. It, I mean, it's a great young team. I think they'll win a lot of games. I just think the Dodgers will win more. Uh, Vegas has them winning 103 and the Padres winning 93. So they're not probably not That's winning still, the World Series. It's going to be that, good. Though. Think about yeah. that, though. They're going to win. Not, they're you know, projected to win 93 games, but that's still not good enough. Not even close. That's going to have them about 10 back. That's nuts. Um, that's a scary thought. That's how good, well, again, on paper. This is all on paper. I mean, we got to go out there. We got to win these games. Again, you could easily say, look, Clayton Kershaw is going to win a whole bunch of games this year and pitch. Uh, nothing I've seen this spring makes me feel like he's going to be okay. If he could just flip a switch in a week or two and everything, then I hope so. But if he's pitching like he's been pitching, th this is this could be, this might not work out as as planned. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I mean, we'll see what happens uh, coming up in the season here. We'll obviously at the end of the season, uh, how good the Dodgers are going to be. And no predictions yet for the World Series from either of us. Me, me saying Tyler's going to pick the Padres just because I could poke it, poke the bear, and I like to because I can get away with it with Tyler. Uh, not a lot of people can. Uh, but with that being said, speaking of predictions, it's the major prediction here is that Clovercrest Media has a lot of great stuff going on right now. So let's take a look at what's going on over at Clovercrest. The Closing Time Podcast is back, sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. I'm Joe Aguirre. I'll have a brand new co-host, Sanam Salati, who's my broker, my mentor, and my good friend, and one of the most knowledgeable people in Connecticut in the entire real estate industry. We're going to be talking about the latest goings-on. We'll keep you up to date on the market, and we're going to bring on some really great guests all throughout this season, people in all different fields in the industry, like accountants, home inspectors, mortgage reps, and so much more just to give you a better understanding of the Connecticut real estate market. We're so excited for a brand new season of the Closing Time Podcast, part of the CMG Podcast Network. It's sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. Go see Heidi and Glenn Parchman to file your taxes for bookkeeping, business advice, real estate investments, or whatever your accounting needs are, including cryptocurrency. Just visit RockyHillAccountants.com. We'll see you all season long on the Closing Time Podcast. Welcome to Ivy League Murders. On this podcast, we focus on cases affiliated with the Ivy League, exploring the darker side of higher education. What happens when genius becomes evil? My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate, and I've been a private investigator since 1999. Join me and longtime crime diva, Laura McDonald, for Ivy League Murders. Damn good lead Okay, all right, all right. We're still doing okay. Oh, wow, where'd this Mr. Beast come from? Dodge. All right, Drew. And, oh! oh my God, sniped. Absolutely sniped, bro. Absolutely sniped. Tyler and that, uh, his, his uh, sorry, fall guys over there, always doing things that I just shake my head at because I don't play. So I, I don't know how he does it. He's, he's made me play a couple times, and I'm just like, I can't play this game. What but is that game? It's called Fall Guys. It's basically like a, a race. You have to make it from one end to the other, and that's pretty much it. And he just he's really good at making it to the other end, and I'm not. Is what I think doing. my daughter plays that game. Fair enough. How old's your daughter? She's eight. Okay, good. Yeah, all right. Just... <laughs> all right. <laughs> With that being said, let's hop into some Yankee. We're... Actually, this is weird. I'm going to go Yankee, Boston, then Yankee, but this is a separate story in itself. Uh, Luke Voigt headed to the IL, folks. Uh, news broke yesterday that the first uh, Yankees' first base slugger, Luke Voigt, would need a knee surgery to repair a partially torn meniscus. Voigt sported an average of three, uh, two, I'm sorry, 263, an OPS of 842 with 21 home runs in 2019. So obviously a very valuable part of the Yankees lineup. Voigt is scheduled to make his return sometime in May or June. We don't actually know yet when he's going to come in. But the big question now that's lingering over the Yankees' head is who fills, I'm sorry, who fills the Voigt? At third base. I like that. Um, At third base. So uh, a couple of days ago, Jay Bruce was scratched from the starting lineup. He um, was basically going to go home and Mm -hmm. see what the Yankees were going to do as far as a roster spot was concerned. Uh, uh, Derek Dietrich did that as well. He also packed up and he went home. And uh, 
they both assumed they weren't making the team. And then this injury happened. And then there was even question about whether Mike Talkman was going to make the roster. If Jay Bruce made the roster and now everybody's on the roster, except for Derek Dietrich, him and uh, Robinson Chirinos are gone. Uh, But Jay Bruce is going to get the bulk of playing time at first base. Not a first baseman though. He's only played 25 major league games at first base in his career. But I think as most people can tell you, it's the easiest position to play on the field. It really is. Not that it doesn't take great talents to be a first baseman, but you could get away with a little bit less. I think what you'll also see is probably uh, some Tyler Wade at mm-hmm. second, where you'll see LeMahieu play first. Um, I'm still shocked that they've never asked Miguel and Duhar to grab a first baseman's mitt and give that a shot. That that could have been a nice short-term solution and get his bat into the lineup. But I think it's going to be Jay Bruce. I think he pencils it nice if, if with that lefty bat. Um, yeah. You know, we know he could still pop the homers. I mean, he still has some power. My big fear is, though, and and I think you and I have talked about this before, when we get these lefties like McCann and Giambi, those guys, they, they try to pull everything into the seats. Oh, yeah. Oh, and please. the batting average plummets to, like, the 220s. Well, that's and, funny you say that. If you look at Bruce's batting average, I mean, he's, has, he's sporting two home runs in his spring play. His average is down to 194. Right. And, you know, if you think, compare it to Aaron Judge, his average is higher. He only hit one home run. It's still spring, sure. But that's just the reality of what it's like playing. I mean, he hasn't played Yankee Stadium yet. But, I mean, that's probably what it's in his, in his mindset of let me yank all these over the right field wall. Yep. Well, and as a matter of fact, one of his home runs was actually uh, an oppo taco. He hit it into the left field seats. So, um, but yeah, again, my fear is, dude, once you get to Yankee Stadium and you're standing at home plate and you look in the right field, you're like, that is so close. (laughs) I think I'm just going to try to put every ball into those seats. And uh, again, I think Giambi and McCann are perfect examples of you still got to hit the baseball, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you get here. Both of those guys were 300 hitters before they came to the mm-hmm. Yankees and both settled in around the 240 mark uh, as a Yankee. Yeah, the, the, I think the good thing is, is there was some talk about Voight just doing a little rehab and playing through this. And ultimately, Booney decided because you've got Jay Bruce and because the way this will work out, you could still keep topping on the roster. Voight goes to the I.L., it buys you some time, lets some things shake out. Once Voight comes back, he should be fine. I mean, this mm-hmm. isn't like a serious injury. Uh, and again, it's certainly an injury. He could have just rehabbed and played through for the rest of the spring. And and um, I like the idea of getting it done now. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I think if you look at Severino a couple of years ago, he should have had the Tommy John in 2018. Should have just done it then. I don't know why they waited. That was stupid. So, get this thing taken care of now. I don't think this is going to hurt the Yankees in any way, shape or form. And I think when you can say the major leagues home run leader um, won't be missed, that's a good sign for your team. And I think it speaks to the amazing depth that this Yankee team yeah. comes in with. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's obviously an issue that voice not going to be there, but as you said, there's so many big players in the Yankees organization that can pull up, uh, pull up their bootstraps and get in there and kind of just pick up where he left off or try and at least compensate for what they're going to be missing. And uh, Jay Bruce is a good fit there. I mean, the headlines were screaming home run. Jay, you know, Jay Bruce hit two home runs. That was a big deal, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a big deal that he was still able to put the wood in the ball like that. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do at first. Hopefully the lefty bat is going to break up that heavy right Yankees lineup there for us a little bit and we'll 
see where that goes. So uh, from one uh, city to another, we're going to hop over. Yes, Tyler, next man up mentality is right. You got to love it. Even though I wouldn't consider Jay Bruce to be the, of the baby boomer, gener uh, baby bomber, as we should say, generation there, but not even by a little bit. Um, but with that being said, let's hop over to Tyler's boys here, the Boston Red Sox, as they are 13 and 10 in spring play with four days left until opening day. Thir look at the Red Sox there, 13 and 10. Okay. That's not what that's not we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh notables during the spring have been Martin Perez, who's two and two with an ERA of three. Erod, who's three and zero oh with an ERA of two six three. Oh, Ed Eduardo Rodriguez, come on, killing it. Uh and Bobby Dolbeck, the rookie here of the Red Sox organization, has a batting average of 310. 310. So I have three questions here. We'll start with the first one. Are we surprised at what the Sox have done so far in spring play? Uh, personally, I'd say I'm a little bit surprised. Their record is good. They've, they've had a lot of great bounce backs in the likes of Erod. Bobby Dolbeck is doing things that I don't, I mean, we knew he was going to be good, but I think he's outperforming what anyone thought he was going to do. Uh, so I'm a little surprised. Joe, you're itching to get in here. Well, um, I don't know if you just heard, um, Eduardo Rodriguez is now suffering from dead arm and will not be starting the season for the Red Sox. Nathan Avaldi will start in the opener, so already one major step back. Obviously, Chris Sale's, Chris Sale's still rehabbing. Uh, he There's a race whether he gets back before Seve in that June-July area, mm. so we'll see which of these guys gets back first. But I think for the Red Sox, I think you're going to run into the same issues you ran in the last year. I think you traded too much good talent. I think mm -hmm. the pitching has too many injuries. I don't think there's enough depth there. I think their bullpen still isn't that great. I love Bobby Dalbeck. I know he's a quick fan favorite in Boston, but Jackie Bradley Jr. is gone. Mm -hmm. um, Mookie Betts is obviously, gone. Obviously, you know, well, you know, not only is Mookie Betts gone, but his, 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 his not replaced. Mm -hmm. And, and to watch him win a World Series, you know, I think if you're red, it's like, oh, great. You yes, know, you, you said that and I laughed. You noticed that, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, look, they're off to a great start. I, I would say this. Look, never count the Red Sox out. Mm -hmm. you, you don't count the Red Sox out. I, I have a feeling that the Red Sox will finish third in this division. That either they will overtake Tampa or they will overtake Toronto, and I mm -hmm. don't think most other people are thinking that right now. Um, I, I know Vegas has, I, like I said, the Yankees uh, to win ninety six, Blue Jays eighty seven, Tampa eighty six, and the Red Sox to win seventy nine and a half, which is hilarious. I don't know exactly <laughs> what that means. Um, I think the Red Sox will probably do better than that. Or I think one of those teams will do worse. Maybe they settle in at 85, but I think they'll finish in third place. I look, the, the Red Sox had a lot to overcome last year in a weird year with the COVID thing. I think it was more than any team could possibly bear. Mm. Um to have sale out, to have uh, you know, and and I'll tell you what, uh I I feel horrible for Eduardo Rodriguez, who really stepped in um to this Red Sox team. Uh last year he got COVID. Mm -hmm. Um had some uh, heart arrhythmia, apparently got that under control at least, and now is suffering from dead arm. I feel so, this guy's such a gamer. Mm. And I, and I feel like, uh, you know, he, he's faced so much adversity and, and uh, you know, Erod finds his way back. So, um, 
not an ideal start for the Red Sox, not the kind of news you wanted coming out of spring training, uh, which is a couple days left. But yeah, I, I think this team, I think this team will be a lot better next year. And I Absolutely. think we'll have to start talking Yankees, Red Sox a little more serious next season, starting like 2022. Right. Yeah. Right. A lot of people like the sound of that. Uh, but they're a joke right now. No, I'm just no, kidding. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, that was, that was say, just for Tyler. <laughs> yes. I mean, and you have to, right? There's, oh, two yeah. Yankee, there's two Yankee fans on the show, right? So that's that's on him. Um I think the biggest thing is they are playing good spring ball right now. They are. There's a lot. There's a few players who are playing great ball themselves. Like I said, Erod, Perez, Dahlbeck. Uh, I think that once the reality hits of the regular season, that that's going to fizzle out. Like the reality of them not having the best outfield in the in baseball anymore. The reality of them not having Chris Sale uh, or Nathan Navaldi, as Tyler and I have talked about already. He's not the player he was in 2018. At least that's what it's looking like from his spring numbers. His ERA is over 10 in seven innings. I mean, he's not dealing the way he was dealing in the past so I, I think i'll agree where i mean i could see the Sox finishing third that makes sense um for what they've been doing in the spring and for what i think they're going to translate to in the regular season that's a good spot for them the last question i want to ask about the Sox is who do we think will be the most pivotal person in the red sox 2021 organization who's going to be the guy that we look at and say damn this team would not have been uh, as good as we were or you know at least where we ended up in the last game of the season if it weren't for this person i i do have a person in mind Oh, boy. I mean, I would guess probably Xander Bogarts. I think he's – look, if the Red Sox don't have a good season at all, I mean, he that guy's going to put up numbers. Oh, yeah. and he's going to be oh, the yeah. exciting ball player he is. So I think, you know, if I'm a Red Sox fan going into this year, I'm, I'm just all about, you know, what Xander Bogarts level he can get at. And I mean, we mentioned Bobby Dahlbeck. You know, I don't see him being a superstar player, but – I think you find a guy like that, you know, um, kind of a uh, a kind of a blue collar guy like that, really, really uh, coming through and pretty. I mean, he's an easy fan favorite to have. Mm. He reminds me of Pedroia, uh, like a almost like a Pedroia Euclid hybrid. This guy, um, so I know that's the kind of guy the Red Sox fans usually love. So I think he'll be great. But I mean, you know, this team's building around Xander Bogarts. That was ultimately what they've decided yeah. to do. And that is probably the right move in the in the grand scheme of things. For sure. Uh, I agree with you saying Xander Bogarts. I think he's next level. I honestly think Xander Bogarts is underrated, if you yeah. ask me. I, I think not enough people talk about Xander Bogarts being the good player, the great player he is. Like, his numbers are almost unreal. I've actually compared to them being Trout-like in, in some seasons. Like, he's that good. Um, however, I think the most pivotal spot on the Red Sox organization this year will be Rafael Devers. Uh, I think he is going to have a great season. I think he's going to finally realize how good he is. I had a professor in college um, – and one of my sociology classes, big Red Sox fan. He's from Boston. And he always talked about how he, uh, Devers is so young and he doesn't know how good he is. Uh, he just says, Devers goes out there. He, you know, he swings, he puts the bat in the ball. He just kind of makes some good contacts, make a couple of good plays. But if you look at the way he plays, he just doesn't, it, it seems like he doesn't know how good he is. Uh, and I mean, I somewhat agree. I think Devers just sort of doesn't take himself too seriously, which is a good thing. But at the same time, I feel he, this is going to be a season where he's really going to uh, do big things for Boston because he realizes that the spot where Mookie Betts was, the spot where JBJ was, the spot where Andrew Benintendi was, those are now empty. Those were the oh. big-time fan favorites. You forgot about Benny. I forgot about <laughs> Benintendi. Oh, my God. Yes. Jeez. 
Yeah, those are the big time spots. I mean, if you go to a Red Sox game, the all of, they're screaming Benny, they're screaming Mookie, they're screaming for JBJ. Devers doesn't really get that much love. He really doesn't. Uh, Bogarts is the same. He's yeah. underrated, and those two guys know that those spots are empty. And I think Devers is going to try and take it. So that is uh, that's my hot take for the Red Sox uh, twenty twenty one season performance. Joe, anything else you want to say about the Sox, or we jump into our boys here? Over in, we might as well get to our boys because there's actually some breaking Yankee news. Not sure if you just saw it. Uh, no, what'd you get? Uh, the rotation is set. Cole, Kluber, mm. Herman. Whoa. Yeah. Domingo Herman, who's been outstanding this spring. Because it's not us. We knew he's We know he's good. Yes. I think most people, I mean, again, Davey Garcia sent down the headlines yesterday was Garcia mm-hmm. Garcia sent to, to AAA. Um, uh, Domingo Herman's wrapped up number five spot. Well, he didn't wrap up to fifth spot. Nope. Nope. <laughs> he uh, he jumped Jordan Montgomery and James Talion, and it looks like uh, basically what the Yankees will do is they'll go, uh, so Cole, Kluber, Herman. I think Montgomery gets the next start, and then it'll go uh, Cole, Kluber, Herman, Talion. Mm. It's going to go something like that now. So they're going to mess around with that rotation a little bit. But but Domingo Herman, that's a big surprise for me. I just oh, that yeah. just popped up, and I was like, oh. But I will say this: I was just reading um, some scouting reports yesterday from some NL scouts, and mm. everybody there said Domingo Herman should be the Yankees' number two starter because outside of Garrett Cole. He has got the nastiest stuff on the pitching staff. As mm-hmm. good as Corey Kluber's pitched, and he's pitched well this spring, mm-hmm. Herman's been better, and he's oh, looked yeah. amazing. And, I mean, dude, for a guy who, when he got here, there was talk about whether he should play or not, mm-hmm. uh, whether his teammates wanted him there. Mm-hmm. And to to jump up and grab that three spot is, wow. That's huge. Yeah. That's big. Uh, that is big news. I mean, and you, you talk about how good the pitching has been from Herman to Cole to Kluber to Tyone. Uh, the Yankees are 13 and 10, right? Four days left till opening day. Notables during the spring play have been Kluber, who we just discussed, who's 1 0 with an ERA of 186. Glaber Torres is, I'm very excited that Glaber is doing what he's been doing. I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, he is 237 with three homers. Giancarlo Stanton has an average of 333 with a single homer. And Jameson Tyone, who we already discussed, has an ERA of 108, and his record is 1-1. One one. Uh, so are we surprised with the Yankees on the spring play? Uh, to put it simply, no. No, yeah, this is what you would say. I think my favorite thing I've seen, though, is uh, uh, Giancarlo Stanton has been swinging a good bat. And mm. I mean, like, not trying to hit home runs, but just getting what he gets and drilling exactly. it. Exactly. He hit a, like a 120-mile-an-hour grounder the other day. Um, I like that. I like no, that. We, yeah, we like that. We like that as as, as fans, obviously, of our, of our boys uh, when he's smashing the ball. Stanton's the only guy that can do that. Like, Stanton's the only guy that'll hit a 120-mile-an-hour line drive and, like, yeah. it'll be an out. Like, it's something, like, the right field will just snag it. You know, it's like, oh, all right. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, no, I'm not surprised, right? And as you know, we knew the Yankees were going to be this good. Um, well, the Yankees continue to play solid ball in 2021. Absolutely, right? We already said they're going to win their division. So did the rest of baseball. And the betting odds have them in the World Series by a lot. Yeah, you know, you got to figure like this, right? Let's say Kluber, let's say Italian, let's say they, let's say they don't, they don't have it. Let's say that they can't, they can't make it, or, mm-hmm. or they're not healthy. They can't stay healthy this season, or they're not the guys that they were before their injuries. 
the Yankees still have Davey Garcia. Sure, absolutely. At AAA. And Luis Severino will be back, like we said, around June or so. Mm -hmm. uh, Jules Chassin, like I said, uh, a quality starter. I mean, the, the Yankees have so many. Jonathan ago. there's so many guys that they could plug in in the event that any – and again, if all of those five guys in the rotation pitch well, at some point you're going to have to be like, oh, geez, who do we take out? Yeah. I heard Booney even talking about a six-man rotation. Not well, if you have that much star power, what else are you gonna do? You're not gonna you're not gonna not put a guy out there if he's dealing. Yeah. That's like that's like a guy hitting three home runs in a game and taking him out the next day. Like you're you're not gonna do that. Right? I As think that's a comforting thought too, because if you're Montgomery or you're um I guess it'll be Talion now, uh, who will be four and five, you don't have to necessarily worry about if you're not out pitching the other four guys that you're gonna lose a spot that maybe mm -hmm. they'll day we'll go with six guys. Yeah, so for sure, you know, sure. the Yankees have so many options and so much depth that uh, again, it would take, it would take 2018 injury decimation for this team to not be successful this year. Please don't, please don't bring that on us. Don't, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. All right. I got to mention it. I got to mention do. it. Got to put it out there. I'm going to face it. I'm going to face it head on. Uh, that was a scary, scary season uh, as a Yankee fan. That was insane. That made was, no sense. It didn't, but they still played amazing and better than everyone else, which is awesome. I think the best part of that season was it ended up with the Yankees uh, needing and acquiring Edwin Encarnacion. <laughs> I I think. Tyler and I were at his, were at his first game. Uh, is that right? Yeah, they they uh, traded for Encarnacion. Tyler and I were at the game the next day in New York. We had bleacher seats. It was a great time. That was, uh, if Tyler's still listening, that was the time where we were, the, yes. That was um, I love that guy. Oh, I, I like entertaining ball, but my favorite player as a kid, Noah, was Reggie Jackson. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That should that should say a lot that's about cool, me. Yes. I saw Reggie Jackson hot dogging it, running yeah. his mouth, and I was yeah. like, that's my guy. Exactly. And it's been on ever since. One hundred percent. But yeah, that, that game that Tyler and I went to, we sat next to a bunch of a uh, group of like five or six dudes, and they had pink ponchos, no rain. But they put the ponchos on during the seventh inning stretch, and they were like Love these it. bright neon pink ponchos. And it was <laughs> one of the most fun games I've ever had in my life. Like we we're the last rows of the bleachers, just got these last minute seats the day before. You know, you know how those days are, right? You see cheap seats, you're like you know what? Let's buy them. Who cares? Like we're, we're gonna have a blast regardless. And it's awesome. Um, but a last question here: Who is the Yankees guy gonna be? Who is it? A lot of people say Cole. A lot of people say Judge is gonna have a great season. Stanton's gonna turn it around. Sanchez. Who knows? Joe. Who is your guy that's gonna lead the Yankee organization to the insane amount of wins they predicted they get in 2021? Well, look, Cole's gonna be Cole, so expected. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. for me, the the most pivotal guy to this season is Gary Sanchez. Mm. And I say this because, look, if Gary struggles, they, they're going to have to make some sort of move. Yeah. Right. It's. I mean, they'll have to figure something out or struggle through the year with him and Higashioka and some sort of. Mm. If Gary is right, if Gary can catch like he did back in 2016, if Gary can hit like he was hitting in 2016 and 2018, the Yankees will win the World Series easily. If Gary remains this big albatross problem behind the plate, then it's going to get a lot more difficult. Mm. And again, you you know when any like no disrespect to Kyle Gashioka or to Eric Cat or anybody else, when when Gary's not in your lineup, it's not your best lineup. Mm -hmm. 
plain and simple. And if the Yankees are put in that position where they can't use their best lineup because this guy's clueless again, it's going to be a real problem for the Yankees. I feel like the bounce back is coming for this guy. I think he's going to start to put it a little bit together. I think some of the defensive issues, you could deal with some of that. Mm. Let the just stop messing with this guy's head. Let him get back to playing baseball. If this guy puts up, and you've heard a lot of his teammates say, talk about him putting up an MVP type of year. If that happens, it will not even be close. The Yankees will blow out the AL East. Oh, yeah. They'll easily win the, the American League. And then it's on with probably the Dodgers. But uh, to me, Gary is the key to making this all work. Mm. Mm, testify, brother. He, testify. Can, he can make it very simple, or he can make this a near impossible task where it's going to be scraping it together. And obviously, I'm hoping for the former, not the latter. All right, I mean, I, hey, I'm right there with you, right? I mean, you've heard me trash Sanchez before, but why would I not want my guy to do well? You know, why would Here's I want my guy thing, to do well? Noah, Noah, I, I defend Gary Sanchez, but I acknowledge he's playing like garbage. Mm-hmm. He deserves the criticism. What I don't don't call him lazy because he's not. Mm-hmm. If you think Gary Sanchez is lazy, you're lazy. Your take is lazy. And you're probably, I think, a little racist. I noticed nobody ever calls no one, nobody ever calls no, white right. players lazy. You're right. You you're never right. hear that about white players. Yep. You're it's right. because it's because darker skinned athletes, it looks more natural, I think, to most people. Mm-hmm. And you just assume that they don't have to work at it. They do though. Ask anybody, they'll tell you Gary works so hard. This is killing Gary Sanchez. Dude's 26 years old. He went and played winter ball this year. Yeah. Because yeah. he's lazy. Mm-hmm. He he hears what people are saying. All of his teammates are like, dude, this guy, this guy wants to succeed more than anybody, not for himself, but for the team. Absolutely. He's extremely coachable. We've talked about this the last time I was on the show. Mm-hmm. All the different he's had four different coaches over the last five years showing him how to how they want him to catch. Just pick a style and let him go with it for crying out loud. Then he's back in the come time to hit is it's all in his head. Let him go out there. He shortened up his stroke. He got off to a hot start. He is a streaky hitter. So I know he. everyone's like, oh, he looks like he's in midseason form hitting like buck 90 again. He's a streaky hitter. Mm-hmm. In a 60-game season, bro, there's not enough time for him oh, to no. hot and cold it. You mm-hmm. give him 162, he can hit like 250, 260. He can hit 35, 40 home runs. That's what the Yankees need out of Gary Sanchez. I think it's there. I acknowledge it's a problem, and I acknowledge I think it's the biggest problem the Yankees have. Absolutely, and I agree with 100%. If, if they can figure out that area, and if Gary Sanchez can get to that point where we hope he's going to be, that's going to be big news for, for New York. Easily, all day, it's going to be easy money. Um, my quick take here on who I think a pivotal spot of the Yankees organization is going to be is Corey Kluber this season. I think Kluber is looking to prove himself, as, we, as funny as it sounds, right? Two-time Cy Young Award winner having to prove himself. Um, I'm very excited to see what he can do this season. If you ask me, Corey Kluber is going to earn himself a three-year contract with the Yankees this season. He's going to go out there. He's going to, I think he's going to be the biggest threat of Garrett Cole winning the Cy Young. Okay. He is going to dominate, as you said, as he's done before, as we know he can do. And he just simply wasn't able to with injuries over the last two seasons. It's not his fault. It's not like he just faltered and couldn't and didn't have it anymore. He didn't lose it. He never lost it. He got hurt. 
he's back. They always say a pitcher is never the same as they were before an injury. I call bullshit for this year. I think Corey Kluber is going to decimate the entire AL East and then everyone in, the, in their path on the, on the way to be winning a World Series. All day, every day, easy money. Uh, if you love podcasts, make sure you visit clovercrestmedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports, business relationships, pop culture, politics, and true crime. There are over 26 shows on the hashtag CMG Network, and if you don't find one you like, you can start one of your own. We can help you launch your podcast for as little as $15 per month. Clovercrestmedia.com is the website to visit. Make sure you click on the link and check out your favorite CMG Sports podcast, as well as blogs, videos, and latest information. Joe, I can't thank you enough for joining us today on Baseball baseball with the bard tyler wasn't able to make it i hope you enjoyed your time i know i enjoyed talking with you dude always a pleasure great to pinch hit you know anytime you need me i'm always uh always ready to jump in for sure and as we always say next man up so we got to keep the ball rolling keep the entertainment coming thank you all so much we'll see you next time Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. Crossed up by Kobe. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those players. But I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere.